Welcome to the Phenomenal Career Podcast, the show where you hear the how, why and what it takes to build a phenomenal and fulfilling career that stands out. I'm your host, Just Jazz, career success coach and tea lover who believes you can do this work and more with a dose of reality, curiosity, challenge and intention to enable you to show up and go get the growth your career deserves. Welcome to this week's episode of the Phenomenal Career Podcast. And this week, I'm really, really excited to introduce you to Stephanie Melodia. Hi, Stephanie. Hey, Jazz. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for coming on. Can you introduce yourself to our listeners? Absolutely. So my name is Stephanie Melodia. I am the founder and director of a startup marketing agency called Bloom, uh, which is responsible for the growth of some of the country's uh, best startups, uh, including one in the UK's top five. Our work has been featured in the likes of The Independent, Sifted, uh, countless kind of publications, which is amazing. I am very humbly voted one of the UK's top 20 most influential female founders, uh, just to throw that in. <laughs> and, uh, and like you, Jazz, actually, I've got a few side bits and bobs because running an agency doesn't keep me busy enough, apparently. <laughs> apparently and congratulations on on making that list I remember when that was announced I was like I know her <laughs> it's that moment right I'm going to be asking for you to autograph your media kit soon or something like that what you is the equivalent me, yeah, well I was going to say it would be an NFT now won't it so you have to ask me for my non-fungible token in today's world <laughs> there we go look at all of that it's moving so fast that I cannot actually keep up with it <laughs> So we met probably, I'm going to say about two, two years ago, two-ish. about right. Could have even been longer, who knows. Um, And when I met you, you were running Bloom and I've just watched it just grow, right? The team grown and what you do and the companies that you work with. And I'd just love to know for you, where did it all begin? It all began on the 24th of November, 2017. It was a rainy, cold afternoon. (laughs) No, so actually the date that we incorporated was the 24th of November and it stuck in my mind for two main reasons. One is that it's, of course, exactly one month before Christmas Eve, which on paper, setting up a new business just before Christmas um, maybe isn't the best idea, but where there's a will, there's a way. So we made it work and we won our first client in two weeks. So all good. Um, and it's also the day after my best friend's birthday. So that date stuck in my mind. It's, of course, the birthday of my baby. So I find it weird when other people don't know when their own businesses were incorporated. But yeah. Yeah. And of course, that was the official, you know, company's house established date. But of course, there was uh, lots of activity happening behind the scenes in the run up. So for me, I think when I cast my mind back to that time, I think it was more this one afternoon where I just started building the website. I just I, I knew the name. Everything about it was just crystal clear, like. There was no indecisiveness at all. Like there weren't any other name options. There weren't any other possibilities or looks or feels or value propositions or anything. It was it was just very, very decisive. And I just 
knew what I wanted to call it. I knew what I wanted to look like. I taught myself how to navigate one of these like template built, sorry, template based like build websites mm. um, and started getting the wheels in motion. So yeah, so that's where it all started. Wow. And I love that it was such a decisive sort of moment for you because even when you said, you know, secure first client in two weeks, I thought, wow, you either, I don't know, you had some mega mega connections or you were cooking this thing for a little while no you know what it worked okay for a little while but I mean when I say little while I mean I would say you know literally a, a question of weeks maybe like month max like absolute max like a month but really it was a question of weeks it's funny you say about like mega connections because I remember at a a separate birthday party like a few years later someone who I used to work with in a few jobs ago set up their own company mm. and they were bragging to one of my other friends about how they'd taken the clients over with them oh. um, which is really really typical in like agency world mm. like working in an agency you get chummy with the clients I've heard that story happen time and time and time again um they get chummy with them they like sneak them their little business idea on the sides they they kind of come up with an agreement while they're still working at that agency and go off mm. and do their own thing and it hadn't it was only afterwards when this friend in the middle came back and told me about the conversation she'd had with them and she was like did you ever do that with like I never how did you how did you find your first client how did it all start and it wasn't even something that had even crossed my mind until that point but that instance made me realize actually there is not one single client who mm. we've worked with at Bloom who's been poached from anywhere else, who's a client I used to work with before, or it's completely 100% from scratch. The client, yeah. the team, the partners, I can categorically, like hand on heart, say everything was. 100% me and without that coming across as sounding too narcissistic I'm very aware of the fact that there's no I in team but there mm. is winning as Michael Jordan says <laughs> no, <I'm kidding. laughs> um, <laughs> um, of, of course like I'm very aware of the fact that you can only go so far on your own and so like I've been extremely lucky with the people around me my accountant the team that we have as well now is like phenomenal and that's I think there's there's a quote which is really true on that, which is, if you want to go somewhere quickly, go alone. If you want to go far, go with other people. Mm. And it's so true. Like you get as far as you can on your own and you really, I feel like sometimes you, you need to stretch. I felt like I needed to stretch my legs and see how far I could take it before then kind of leveling up. And that's, you know, definitely the phase that we've been in for the past couple of years. Yeah. And I love that because I think people... I think people overlook that there are so many people in the market that don't even know how you can help them. Mm. Um, so in terms of, I guess, educating business owners, educating startup founders on what the possibilities are and not in any kind of pushy way, but in the sense that you maybe are the first person that said like, what's your marketing strategy beyond a certain point or you know, when you get this funding that you're raising, what's the plan going forward? Yeah. The problem is, and this is um, number one, like top tip I'm going to give our listeners. So hopefully you're mm. getting 
value kind of five, 10 minutes into our conversation <laughs> because as much as it's really nice to tell my story and it's nice to reminisce and think back and I've got some stories that I'll happily share, um, but I'm aware of there is an element of self-indulgence with that and I want to make mm-hmm. sure there's some value that we're giving to the listeners today. And so I'm going to hit you with one now, which is the number one mistake that people make in sales and by the way, sales everyone needs to be a salesperson in business. Sales has got an ugly word. It's mm. been dirtied. Sales has been dirty because of bad salespeople. Yeah. Um, like annoying, like estate agents. Slimy. Pets, <laughs> you know, the Unprepared. <laughs> the number one thing that you need to do, and this goes back to what you're just saying there, is it is not, it is not about you. It has nothing to do with you, yourself. When you're in business, they don't care none of like hardly any of our clients know my whole story know how bloom started all of this like getting under the hood which may be interesting some people they want to know how we can help them Mm. we help them reach their goals they don't give a bleep they just don't (laughs) and there's something someone was telling me about an example they were recounting a time that they went to this conference in america where obviously it's Mm. salon and they are you know the sales gurus of the world and they were saying someone came up to them at this networking event and they said, hi, what is it that you do for me? Or instead of saying, what is it that you do? Mm. It was, how can you help me? That's what it's about. And so for anyone listening, regardless of whether you're also in marketing, creative, coaching, whatever field that you're in, of course, there's an element of people still buy into you. There's a personality. Mm that you need to inject you need to demonstrate your caliber you need to have some social proof for sure but fundamentally they need to know how you help them what are their problems that you're Mm. solving and this is where marketing comes in because first of all you need to know who is it that you're talking to which is your target audience as much as you can double down on that as possible the better because it's all about bullseye and it's all about the closer your aim is the higher chance you're going to be of hitting that So double down, know who your target audience is and what are their problems? How do you solve them? And then how are you the best person to do that job? What makes you different? What makes you stand out from everyone else? Why should they choose you over anyone? Because let's face it, unless you are the next Mark Zuckerberg or Steve Jobs or whatever, like most businesses now are not, I mean, even WeWork is such a fantastic case study that I love to talk about. Everyone knows WeWork. Mm. It's this huge, successful company. We're all familiar with the brand. But the whole concept of co-working, of shared office space was not new at all. Most people, right? Most people are coming out. They're not innovative. The way that it's packaged up, the way that they're selling it to people is. What WeWork did is they packaged it up in a dip, the marketplace, what was on offer? It was Regis. I was literally about to say that. <laughs> that is that is what you do if you need a space. You need some temporary space and somewhere to, to bring a client. And it's like, Regis. Hmm. Yeah, right. And you think about the just the brand, the logo, the branding, this, what immediately comes to mind. This is when we talk about branding. A very common misconception is people think a brand is a logo. A brand mm. is so much more than a logo. It's every single, it's your whole emotional relationship with a customer. It's how they engage with your brand at every single touch point. So you think Regis, it's like everything that comes to mind with that. It's like the white you know, fluorescent <laughs> lighting, it's the polystyrene tiles on the ceiling. It's like, and WeWork comes along 
And it's just, you know, the founder came from an interior design background. He knew interior design and he created mm. these spaces. And this is what I really do champion. I mean, I don't champion this guy and what he did, but I think it's a good lesson. Yeah. But the lesson here is he knew his own natural strengths and his passion and what he loved. He doubled down on that and he took an emotional stance. I think in today's world where we've got a digital expert, we're living in the digital world, especially marketing. When you say marketing, it's social media is the first thing that comes to mind. It's all about impressions and reach and engagement rates, blah, 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 blah. We're getting too bogged down in the numbers, which sounds like blasphemy hearing a marketeer say this, right? Marketeers rely on data like a safety blanket, but the data, the numbers, the analytics impede you from having that creativity and impede you from looking at things in a more emotional way. And mm. human beings, what I love to strip it right back, human beings are emotional creatures. We're not robotic. We're not, we're not users. We're not website visitors. We're not social media followers. We're human beings. This is exactly the formula how all of the big brands have had their successes over the years. Mm. And so again, with the WeWork example, and this is the last I'll talk about this, this particular case study, but he looked at it in a way, leveraging his own interior design skill set, he looked at a way that he could create spaces where people wanted to be. You'd mm. go to WeWork and you'd meet someone, right? And you wouldn't want to leave. You'd want to stay there. You'd think, oh, so cool. There's a vibe to it. People would go there on their day <laughs> off. It's just like, why are you yeah. in the building? <laughs> yeah. some friends for some coffee. <laughs> in the area so that I'd just come in <laughs> and you would never you would almost blow people's minds when you put we work next to a regis or when you say mm. to them you know, we work did not invent co-working so that's where it all goes back to that whole looking at it through a psychological lens packaging it up in the right way you know your target audience you know how to kind of hit the sweet spot with them um and build and build a brand in that way yeah that's the last I'll say on that I don't know how like all great conversations we kind of go off on some tangents but yeah no definitely it's a conversation I was having with somebody the other day um and actually we were talking about sort of online events and stuff and I said there are probably coaches and business mentors and marketing mentors that think I'm nuts because when you sign up to a free event I will do a worksheet for you I will run a paid ad to a free event because I want people to have that experience. And that's how I've built my business. There are people that I connect with today that I remember the workshops that I met them in. Amazing. And yeah. that's what they share with people about. That's why they, they rock up to stuff. And they're just like, the, the topic sounded interesting, but I thought if you were doing it, then it'd be a special moment or I'll get to meet some cool people, right? Mm. And I think that's a huge thing that we have taken for granted when we kind of all dove onto Zoom, if that makes sense. <laughs> we all jumped online um, and we did it in different ways. And for me, my business has kind of always been online because it's a side hustle. It makes sense. Um, and it's always kind of been offline as well. But um, kind of for me, that's infusing my hospitality background. Yeah. It's that memorability, right? It's mm. standing out, especially now we're all on Zoom. It's all online. You have to do something different. You have to stand out. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Experiences, peeps, humans, humans, not stats. <laughs> so, but listening to you is fascinating because my day job is working for a product analytics company where it's like your users, your user journey, your subscribers, your subscriber journey, your funnels, your like 
all the language. I'm I'm in that space of all the language. Um, <laughs> and I am, and I'm too, for sure, marketing, like all of our... Yeah, reports. yeah. But I find a lot of it, yeah, it's reminding people, okay, they're, they're people. So yes, you might find a result in the report that tells you that people who do this three times are more likely to convert to this thing. But there's always going to be a bunch of people that are going to do whatever they want to do. And yeah. you have to build a product or a service that embraces that and doesn't see that as the enemy. Yeah. And the funny thing is a lot of business owners seem to forget what it's like to have the shoe on the other foot as mm. a consumer. Um, and they, they switch their perspective because it's them and because it's their own business, right? Especially if it's their first business, suddenly uh, there's a lot of stuff that's new and exciting and they get stuck into the numbers and everything, which is great. You absolutely need to have that literacy, um, or numeracy, I should say. Um, but they fit as soon as, you know, they're then targeted. Each and every single one of us is, is influenced in some way, even if you're not on social media, even if you say you don't pay any attention to ads, it is all around us. It is the world that we live in. Mm. And so, um, it's that fish in water syndrome. So I think it's important to retain some of that objectivity and yeah, going back to just remembering it is humans. There is, I think the thing is, is that the numbers do make it so reductive and it mm. does, it's, it's really, you have to boil it down to such a reductive level because it came from the whole explosion of big data, like 10, 20 yeah. years ago. So it was impossible to look at things on that kind of microscopic level because the numbers were just so huge. Um, and so, and the thing is, you know, that happened, as I said, 10, 20 years ago, this is the new age in marketing now. It's like, none of this is new. Like, let's not get, <laughs> especially working marketing. Stop it, people. Stop it. <laughs> The amount of people who still get, it's, you know, it's great, but they still get excited over social media or oh, tick. The, the thing for me that I think one of my pet peeves is, is the FOMO, the knee jerk reaction. Mm. Oh, there's another new, shiny new channel. Clubhouse is one of the latest ones, you know, TikTok. Should we do this? Should we do that? It's just, you know what? I'm such, I think this is the other thing. And hopefully this is another little nugget, nugget. little nugget. Hopefully little nugget is here as well. I know that I'm so insanely action driven um, mm. and like anything, like any huge strengths can also become your weakness. So I'm trying to keep an eye on my blind spots as well, but there is a more personal aggravation when someone is looking at stuff and there's only, there's only so much thinking and percolating and strategizing. You just need to get out there, do it, test it out. And depending on where you're at in your business as well, and you really need to think about if you're new, if you're starting out or you're thinking of launching a new business, first and foremost, I think you need to think about what is it that you enjoy doing? Because if you're going to be the person doing this, success doesn't happen overnight. You know, the whole world, we've got two, two main commodities in the whole world that make the globe go round. It's time and money. You're mm. either going to spend your time building up something and it takes time. You have to be consistent. That consistent execution leads to success. Um, and when I say consistently, like slaving away or, you know, working on something like, yeah, I'm at this level when I share my intro, like, you know, dropping these bombs, UK top 20, most influential work featured in these places, mm. startup. As you said, this didn't definitely did not happen overnight. My business is three and a bit years old. 
And I very, very naively expected <laughs> me to be in this situation. Guess how long? Guess what the time when I started the business? So 20, let's rewind yeah. the clock. <laughs> 24th of November 2017. I've now got a team, I've got a healthy client base, our work is getting recognized, I'm getting some of these cool accolades and all the rest of it. Guess what the time frame was that I thought that was going to happen, where I'm at now? I'm going to answer it with what my answer was, which I was like, a year to 18 months max. <laughs> I'm just going to go full pelt at it and I see no reason why I shouldn't be in this space. <laughs> so mine was six months. I was like, this is going to happen. And I swear to God, I remember crystal clearly, there's so many of these like, crystal clear key memories that you think I'm remembering myself yeah oh how innocent I was yeah exactly these times in history and this particular one I was lying awake in bed at night as I usually do because I have DSPD which is another kind of fun fact to share which stands for delayed sleep phase disorder which basically means that I'm permanently jet lagged my circadian rhythm is on a completely different time to everyone else but anyway so I was lying awake in bed at night as usual and I was literally, I always run before I can walk and I'm thinking like 20 steps ahead instead of what's around the corner. And I was thinking about, hey, actually the WeWork office that I was going to rent. And I was thinking about my first hires and my team and how I was going to structure it. And I remember thinking, well, as soon as I'm able to hire one person, I started to really stress myself out because I thought I'm not always going to be in the office. I'm going to be out and about. I'm going to need be- a person for my person. Right. And I'm thinking, and I'm like, well, I'm going to have a team and I'm super I'm empathetic as well. And I'm thinking about this other person who doesn't even exist yet. I don't know who they are. And I'm thinking, well, whoever this person is, I'm going to get them to come and sit in an office where I'm not going to be around most of the time. I want them to feel like they're part of a team. I need a unit. So if I'm going to hire one person, I need to hire at least two, as you said, a person for my person. <laughs> And uh, yeah, of course, sometimes you stress out about things that you didn't need to stress out about. But that's the, uh, the, the beauty of the, of the entrepreneurship roller coaster. And so, yeah. And so going back to my point here is that things either take time or money. And in business, mm-hmm. things will usually take a lot longer than you expect them to. Money does speed things up. But depending on where you're getting that money, it can have different strings attached to it. Mm. And being in the tech industry, I know firsthand how glamorized uh, so much of this whole thing is. Like, VC oh, funding, yeah. raise a round, raise another round, raise another round. Okay. This is a conversation I have with people all the time where I'm like, do you know how many people, how many companies on this list are not profitable? <laughs> exactly, right? right? When I tell people <laughs> that Spotify just hit break even like a couple years back, they're like, what? Exactly. Everybody uses Spotify. I'm like, yeah. This is the side they don't tell you about funding land. There's so much of basic business that's been forgotten about because people have been lured by the appeal of the whole entrepreneurship, even entrepreneurship itself. Mm. Like a modern day's version of, you know, being a rock star or whatever. Um gonna shatter the, you know, that We're dream shattering everyone. That's not okay. the truth whatsoever. <laughs> Um, it's bloody hard work, super hard. Um, and yeah, the hard, as you say, exactly like the VC funding, the tech, the scale up, the basic business principles of 
just I think I'm on a personal level when you think about kind of money mindset and that's the mm. whole subject that I love talking about as well on a personal level I've always been I wouldn't say I wouldn't say quite frugal but I've always been quite careful with my money and I bet it just comes down to I've never ever lived beyond my means ever ever mm. I only got a credit card I mean I got a credit card in my late 20s I literally think I was 27, like late 20s mm-hmm. when I got my first credit card, um, literally because I needed credit score for my mortgage, literally. Yeah. No other reason. And even to this day, I have never, ever maxed out any, I've never had an overdraft, literally. I've never been mm-hmm. in debt. I'm only in debt now because of a mortgage, but that's good, good type of debt. So for me, I've always been very wary and cautious. And I think how I think I was in my late teens, early twenties when the last um, recession, recession bubble. Yeah. So that was like, and learning afterwards, like Jesus, like people were giving, banks were giving out 110, 120, in some cases 150% mortgages. Like, mm. Greed. Why? Like, why do you need more than you? So, you're, so someone else is going to fund the entire amount that I need to buy a house and more to yeah. buy my furniture in it like it's just it's so ludicrous I take it back to those basic and I think those principles those habits that outlook that you have with money in general I think you need to kind of get that straight to then apply that to your own business Mm -hmm. I've been doing the same thing I've been working up a buffer really mindful when it does come to business finances the different thing actually is I always compare it to when I was learning to drive. And I remember there was, again, the kind of key moments. I remember driving down the motorway and my instructor was sat next to me and he was like, Steph, pick up some of the pay, like pick up the speed a little bit. And he said, you're actually at the same, if not more risk driving too slowly on a motorway or on any road, I guess, than speeding. And there's so much like speed, what's your limit and all the rest of it. And so the way I apply this to business is you can actually go too far the other way or money in general. If you've got Mm. your super frugal and you've got your savings, you've got your buff in your business account. If you leave that sat there, it isn't doing anything for you. You need to reinvest. You need to be careful. You need to have a balance between making sure you've got a rainy day fund, but also there's an amount that you feel comfortable with to reinvest back into the business, mm. whether that's advertising, whether that's getting a VA to support your daily operations, what investing in a nice ring light, whatever that might look <laughs> yeah. like, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. There's, there's so much, and I think a lot of it is decision making. And I've I've seen it firsthand, right? I worked for a company where I was made redundant because we were given the money, we didn't produce the goods. Right. And that's automatically what I thought of when, you know, when somebody hands you a check, you give them, you give them some power, you give them some control. Mm -hmm. And at some point, what you've done is you've made a deal. So if you say, if you give me this much million, because those are the figures, right? They start off in the thousands, then they hit the millions and they go, so what are you going to do with these millions? Right. You put together your pitch deck. You say, we're going to launch version six, version two. We're going to launch into this vertical and open this office and all of those things. And then if you decide to slow down, it's like, what's going on? There's yeah. a, there's a runway on this money. We, we need to see some, some, some headways some results. Have you hired that team? Have you expanded the sales team? 
have you you know have you done all of that and you then make yourself accountable to other people and that in itself can be um a choice right for some people that some people find that motivating Mm. there's no such thing as a free lunch as they say Mm. (laughs) and and I'm always so I put myself in a very fortunate position I I was described I have a double exposure in business because I'm Mm. running my own company but I also get to work with entrepreneurs and even just just talking even if they're not our clients just I talk to entrepreneurs every single day day in day out and so the ones who have um, either secured venture capital investment or mm-hmm. they're thinking about it or they're going through the process of pitching. I mentioned in my intro, one of the, I, I have a few kind of fingers in some pies and a few mm-hmm. sides. Well, one of them is scouting for Ada Ventures, which is a VC fund for overlooked founders in overlooked markets, co-founded by Czech Warner and Matt Pennycard. And so that's a whole other kind of um, exposure that I've got. I see yeah. things from different sides of the fence. I also host and present panels and we recently did ours for International Women's Day and I always make sure we've got founders and investors on that Mm. discussion as well to get those different viewpoints. And yeah, again, it goes back to that glamorization. It goes back to, like you say, the the Spotify, everyone knows Spotify. Are they making a profit? No. Um, We work again, going back to that case study, Mm -hmm. making huge losses, Uber, huge losses. These heralded companies today, yeah, scale ups, these unicorns, these like cool businesses with the beanbags in the corner, like <laughs> not turning a profit. And that's where it goes back to those business basics. I think, mm-hmm. um, I think like Branson, like he's never, he always did it that way, and that's also where it feeds back into Bloom, mm-hmm. like Bloom, the name of it, the brand of the agency as well. Is there's so much. In this day and age, yeah, of course, we're here for startups, early stage entrepreneurs, help them grow their businesses. This is the arena we operate in. But part of this whole same vernacular here is like growth hacking and scale. And mm. there's so much like aggressiveness with that. And if you get a VC fund and you're accountable to someone else and it's not your business anymore and you've got to have your quarterly shareholders and all the rest of it, there's that whole real side to it that people yeah. don't that don't make the sifted or the tech crunch headlines. Um, and, and so, yeah, so with Bloom, it's like, actually, have you thought about developing, you know, identifying a gap in the market, developing, yeah, going back to his basics, developing yeah. a product or a service that people actually want. What problem you do you solve? Yeah. yeah. What problem do I solve? <laughs> I showed you the MVP. Yeah, but what problem does this solve? Exactly. There are so many like there are so many pitch decks that end up in the bin like we all know the stats the amount of startups that fail in the first year and whatever whatever um and there's a a number of different reasons like sometimes it's because there isn't enough of that due diligence is not being done for the right reasons it's Mm -hmm. maybe you know thinking there's something there but you know is it actually a good idea what i love is the so what test Mm. so what whenever you can't come up with a new idea or a new feature or a new version or whatever it is you have to question so what who cares who's this for um and the other thing is is again the other reason why most businesses fail is cash flow um and again the time thing i really do believe like having now having this experience over the past three years which again is not only running my own agency, but is building the companies of others and really kind of accelerating that exposure to business. 
is the resilience, the persistence, the determination that you need to succeed to keep going. Everything takes longer. You need time. You need to stay committed. That's mm. what gets you through it. Having that level of patience. Again, like you're, you maybe won't hit those goals that you've set yourself in the first six months. <laughs> yeah. Six months goes by pretty quickly, actually. It really does. And whoever said build it and they'll come lied. Um, they just lied okay if you disagree with me slide into my dms i'm happy to have the conversation but it was an untruth um (laughs) this is oh i could nerd out about this with you forever because there's so many misconceptions and, and i love i love the whole idea that when you do your events you bring together investors and founders because it's through the conversations it's through hearing the stories reading those articles as bittersweet as they may be to understand what can we learn from this because it's the same thing that we said about the huge um investment banks too big to fail and then we watched something happen like we work with people like what there's one on every corner mm. they literally just emailed me to say they're opening one down the road they're gonna have like their 65th one in shoreditch like yeah <laughs> and when you explain it to people well property they don't actually own it and uh yeah those new (laughs) ones that they pop up they tend to put the tenants in there before the building's finished because rent needs to be paid right cash flow cash flow cash flow cash flow um and I think it's so important and even kind of going back to what you shared around sort of money mindset it's so interesting because for me I'm the opposite where I was I don't believe in the phrase bad with money, but I wasn't a wise custodian of my money um, from university. And I'm still to this day sort of servicing debts and stuff that sort of stemmed from back then and those decisions. And it's so funny because where I had that experience in my personal life, my business finances, I'm, I'm the complete opposite. What do you mean by that? Exactly? I'm like the the complete opposite in terms of if there's the money for it, then we'll do it. If not, we need to find a way to make the money. Like mm. I've never considered getting outside funding, even when I see like schemes and stuff to support business owners. And to a certain extent, this isn't, it, it also depends on how you've registered your company and the type of thing that you provide, right? Not every competition I, my business qualifies for it's a personal development company a training company um but I've always wanted to just do it my way and always you know even in the first year it was like let's get to break even let's get this business paying for itself mm-hmm. and then going on from there and there was so many like I learned how to make decisions to the mm-hmm. point where in turn it's actually my business that has not only helped me change my personal financial situation but really grown my money mindset in a way that I can apply it to my personal mm-hmm. I think there's always interchangeable lessons because ultimately money's money mm-hmm. and we're custodians of it whether that's in a personal sense or as the owner of a company um and that's I guess that's part of the journey that I never expected right I expected the the dream that we get sold about financial freedom so the whole extra revenue streams how many revenue streams do millionaires have right I expected all of that but I didn't expect um my business being the thing to get me excited about investing Mm. and I say this you know being candid with everybody listening here I am servicing my debts Mm. but I'm buying shares (laughs) I'm getting into that because the, the cash flow is is there Right. And that was another limiting belief that I had. I felt like I needed to be good with money to even think about investing. And it's like, look, bought a couple shares in Sainsbury's. 
in Salesforce. This is interesting. Getting my feet, getting my feet wet, get, getting in there a little bit. How did you buy the shares? What did you did you use a platform or something? To I do used a platform. What did you use? Yeah, I used. Oh, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Gonna get open the phone. It's on here. I haven't checked it in a while because it became a bit obsessive. I used Trading Two One Two. Okay. I used Trading Two One Two, but is there's that, so many others. Right? Is that an app or a website? Yeah, so it's an app and they've got a web platform so you can log in on your computer and have a look at stuff and see how things are moving. And it's and it's so interesting to me because I work in tech, so I kind of read the tech news anyway. I know when somebody's bought this company or when they're opening offices in interesting places or going into different verticals. So I kind of feel definitely not professional, but I feel I, I looked at it like you're getting all this insight anyway. <laughs> Yeah. You kind of know who's growing 100% year on year. <laughs> May as well capitalise. Might as well, you know, put a little money there. And again, you know, I'm not a financial advisor, but I only I only invest what I can afford to basically forget about. Mm. Um, but it's something interesting. And I've got a brother who's like 10 years younger than me in university and he's investing. Nice. He's he's literally just like, look, I can invest what I earn through my part-time job. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh my gosh, if I'd started then. <laughs> right. And we're having conversations over Christmas or even, you know, I shared with you my sister's expecting and we're like making jokes and being like, right, we're just going to get her some shares when she's born. Nice. And like, just let them sit there. That's, well, that's, that's what we're going to do. We're going to get us like some Disney or some Coca-Cola or something. That's what I was going to say. There was that famous example of Kanye West gifting oh, him. him. Yeah. Right. And she it was like, a, it's like some socks, um, each of the different things that like, represented shares in these different companies. Mm. Like I'm for one, definitely not a financial advisor either. I just know best practices you kind of level one you want to make sure you're debt free level two you want to have a rainy day fund for emergencies Mm. level three if you've got enough in the bank and this again yeah as you said transcends business and personal yeah for six nine twelve months um then in addition then whatever you have in addition to that you can invest yeah typically it's then when you get into the investments and this is just from my own like personal research and conversations I'm just Mm. researching again I'm not a financial (laughs) advisor whatsoever but as soon as you're on the subject um when it comes to investments I think it's then um pension stocks and shares property is quite volatile and obviously much harder to actually get into into. like we are um so yeah no it's good and obviously you know all for women educating themselves on this you mentioned your brother it's much more likely that that men that guys are going to get into it it's less scary for them won't unpack all of that sort of stuff but we're in a capitalist society and if women mm-hmm. can educate themselves learn it, that I think that is the old like not quite the financial freedom because you said that goes mm. back to the whole like seven streams of passive income. Yeah, and all which of that. exhausts yeah. me even when I think about that. I'm kind of like, <laughs> let me just have yeah. two or three that work really well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but being in control of your finances and understanding what's going on, I think is probably the most empowering thing that a woman can do. 100%. 100%. <laughs> 
And I'm telling you, right, when I talk to you guys about investing, right, and you're listening here, do not get it twisted. The most that I have spent on anybody's shares is like 30 quid. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a baby investor, okay? Not sitting on four figures. Well, right? I'm, I'm just yeah. dipping in, but I'm just like, do we order Uber Eats? Or do I buy some shares in Uber Eats? Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> and that's really, when you're going back to that whole, when you have a business and you're exposed to that different, uh, well, at least a different pool of finances that you need to manage and how learnings can either go from, you know, here or there. Mm. Um, that's another, I love that you just bring that up as well there, actually, because what I wanted to mention was being in charge of my own company, my own finance, my money, suddenly, like that whole perspective, exactly that, like between ordering a takeaway, spending mm. that, it's just how you look at these things, right? And it's the more powerful ones. I think um, there's, there's so many of these like graphics and stuff on, on Instagram and everything anyway. But yeah. the more powerful one is when you add up these things over time and you think, oh, you know, a five or a day, for example, like what that equates to over six months or a year. Um, but it's things like that. And it's literally thinking when you go, uh, as you progress, as you maybe start to build up a bit more of a buffer, you start to get to a point, and this is again where I think some business owners fail as well, is they'll see those numbers on a balance sheet, they'll get greedy, like the people who got greedy with the 150% mortgages back in you know, the last recession, and, um, and and they'll get overexcited and they'll think of holidays that they want to splurge on or new, or an upgrade for the house or whatever the case may be. I've been in situations where I thought, there's this money sat here. I could literally either just say, fuck it, I'm going to jet off to the Maldives for a couple mm. of weeks. Or I could maybe hire somebody, you oh know? Oh my gosh, that was literally me this Christmas. Right? I was just like, <laughs> we're making a profit. I can get help. <laughs> and then that person can help me so much that I can get more help or expertise, right? I get pumped about like working with sales coaches or going on courses or workshops or, you know, that's my thing where I'm just like, there's a little bit of an extra. How can I like invest it mm. in me or like sew it back into the business in some way? Whereas old me would be like, oh yeah, I'd love to buy a handbag. And I'm just like, Exactly. I know. And also, not going anywhere. At the time of recording, we're still very much in a bit of a <laughs> pandemic. So it's like, where am I? Mm. <laughs> exactly. That's the thing. And you think about all of this stuff. Like, okay, if it makes you happy, that's great. That's your call. Mm. Um, but it's exactly that. It's like, yeah, don't get me wrong. It's not as if I've, I mean, actually, I probably haven't bought a handbag for a very long time. I don't know if I've actually bought a handbag since I started my business. It's <laughs> mm. not a great. You've got some great suits, though. That's true. And you know what? Steph's I've got some great, good suits. You know what? <laughs> I, I love that example. That's a perfect example because the suits is a really, really like, it's so rare and it's such a luxury for me that does make me feel uncomfortable. And I got into this whole turmoil about my pink suit with my friend. I was like, I'm going to send it back. I just, I'm going to wear it for the event that I'm hosting. I'm going to send it back. I can't bear it. You know, it's not, I need to use that money for something else. It's such a, you know, it's such a selfish splurge. I don't need, and they're like, don't be ridiculous. You know, you look great. It's, you know, that the confidence it gives you, et cetera, et cetera. I'm like, fine, you talked me into it. Yeah. But, there's some things like that where it's like it's easy for this to sound like 
a weak justification. But you think, actually, I am starting to understand the importance of a personal brand and what that can do mm. at this stage in the business as well. You're talking about the data and stuff before, I have that clarity on what's pushing the needle in the business, what what's mm-hmm. working, what isn't. I know a lot of it is down to my connections, my network, my contacts and stuff. So I think, okay, in a roundabout way, me buying, and don't get, I mean, this was not, you know, this, this is from ASOS. This is from China. This is I know, she's not China. wearing like Massimo Dutti. Like this is, this is not the Chloe. We're not talking about the Chanel classic suit here. I mean, um, and also to a certain extent, it's work. Right. Like that's the closest thing that you have to a uniform, right? Yeah, Where it's just like, I am wearing this to present an event, right? Yeah. Don't worry, Stephanie. Well, I haven't bumped into you on a regular day, but I don't think Stephanie's wearing her power suits on a regular day. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you can see me now. And I was, we're as scruffy as each other in this. We really are. Year, really in, are. year in COVID nightmare. Let's not go there. But yeah, I love that you mentioned that because that honestly is... Um, the closest to like a luxury splurge that I, mm-hmm. I swear to, like it, if we're talking about holidays handbags whatever and it, it's my personal like I don't care as much about that sort of stuff I'd rather yeah. I'm committed to this I'd rather see what I can do to make this work and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm enjoying the whole experience in itself so yeah the, the suit's a great example of that um, and yeah if you can it ties into your personal brand. You know, people buy into you. It's a confidence boost. You think, okay, fine. It's, it's not it's just okay. It's, it's allowable. It's allowable. <laughs> it's allowable. Just, I'm okay with that. That, But that is the limit. That is literally the limit for me. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I love that. And I should have said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to expose Stephanie now. Okay. Stephanie has a necklace that says bloom. Okay. So she's about that life. You think it's fun, but it's fun with business. yeah and that again is it comes from that same thought process again the personal brand and that what you become it when we were going back you know at the beginning of the conversation as well talking about those big brands what a brand means it's not just a logo there's instant associations what comes to mind whether that's a person or Mm. a business it's still there's emotional relationships there uh, all businesses are trying to personify themselves and inject that personality so that they can attract you, so they can woo you, so that they can, you know, you can get married and all the rest of it. Have that brand loyalty, that adversary. the direct debit. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the it's, the same, it's the same with humans. And you, I just, for me, I kind of mix and match, that. again, with the finance chat as well, the personal mm-hmm. and the business, you, you cross those learnings you take what you can from it all and you think what is it that I want people whether it's your own personal brand or your business's brand that you're and in some cases they are interchangeable if you again you're starting out and it is your own business so for me from things like it's like okay well bright cool girly power suits my bloom necklace that I never take off um and and yeah and everything that's kind of the visual those are kind of the visual cues that I'm that I want to just be calm, like synonymous. Yeah. And what I'm about. I love it. What's your career teaching you right now? That's a great question. What isn't my career teaching me right now is, is probably the easier <laughs> one. Enough to education. 
This is such a great question. What my career is teaching me now, okay, I'm a little bit late to the party on this one. I know that I'm late coming onto the bandwagon here, but full disclosure, I'm being completely honest during this whole conversation here. What my career is teaching me now is the importance of self-care. And I feel as though it's so topical right now. Everyone's talking about it. I would not be at all surprised if all of your other guests are saying the same thing or similar thing. And I'm kind of, I never like to be part of the masses. I always want to go against the great, you know, when the world. Yes, Stephanie is incredible. Follow her on Instagram to find out. (laughs) And even down to like TV shows, like everyone goes on, like I've never seen like Orange is the New Black and all this stuff that's so rammed down your throat. And I just immediately Mm -hmm. want to go the opposite direction. (laughs) So that's just a little bit of unpacking in my head where I'm like, oh, I'm going to say it because it's the truth. Um, But genuinely, the reason why is because throughout my whole career, I, so throughout my employment, so I had jobs, like proper normal jobs. I was employed. I had a boss. Life pre-2017 November. (laughs) (laughs) I had someone else's office I had to go to. I received the most mind-blowing one is I knew exactly what I was going to get paid at the end of every month that I had what my salary. Mean? Like totally different world. Honestly, you don't realize all this until you get, until you come over to the dark side. Um, but anyway, so during that stay, whole stage of my career, as in having jobs and being employed, I got quite far on working extremely hard. Like I have, an insane work ethic that puts a lot of people to the test in terms of capacity, speed. I mean, I'm running an agency for a reason. I know exactly each and every single individual project that's running for our 20 different clients mm. and on the live work front. And I know how the team is doing and I know what our p- pipeline, like it's all in it's my all going. There. And I think the DSBD, which I mentioned before, I mm. use that in my favour where when the rest of the world shuts down, I can kind of do my next kind of work shift while everyone else is sleeping. And so it got me to that point. It got me very far during my career, like just insane work ethic, curiosity, just wanting to do well. Like I think that that just I think some of the basic ingredients, like if you just double down on that and you just do you just focus there, you can do pretty well. And so then running a business, the first like year or two, I still had a similar, I wasn't even fully aware that like that was what I was doing and that was my kind of modus operandi and work. Only really kind of the past like 12 to 18 months when things really revved up with the company that it really got to a point where I genuinely was like, there are no more hours in the day. There is just so much happening. We're like just so bursting at the seams. Um, and of course, like during the past three plus years of the business, I've burnt out twice. Burnt out is another, mm. burnout story is like another trendy term as well. Um, but it's not trendy, it is serious. And especially now with COVID and we're all online and we're not taking holidays and stuff. And you think, mm-hmm. well, you take a break or you're still at home, so you may as well open your laptop anyway. Oh, yes. <laughs> so there's a lot of, and I'm, you know, I've been through some self-development programs as well and a bit of coaching. And actually what was really, really eye-opening for me at one point last year was 
and this is something I highly recommend to anyone listening, is um, the Clifton uh, Strength. Strengths. Uh, you know about this? The Gallup. Love it. Live by it. So. Run my business by it. <laughs> like run my so entire amazing. career by it. Put it into my personal <laughs> reviews at work. Okay, this is my thing. <laughs> Yeah, so you've done it then. Mm-hmm. What are your top strengths? So my top strengths, I'm going to get the post-it. Communication, strategic, futuristic, input and positivity. Amazing. Those are the top five. Yeah, yeah, nice. So for anyone who's not already aware of this <laughs> Gallup <laughs> Clifton Strengths time that Jazz I'll just build off a list. The link will be in the show notes, everybody. <laughs> Jazz and I are crushing hard on this. It is amazing. It is a paid-for tool. Um, it's an online assessment test. It takes you a good kind of 30, 45 minutes, I think. Mm. Like you, set out a car- you need to carve out a carve out time to do it for sure. And then to read the results because it's not a one page on the screen thing. Uh, the report that you get, yeah, exactly. Print, print out the report, go through, highlight the bits that resonate with you. And it is astounding. When I did this, I was just like, like I don't know how an online 45 minute test knows mm. my own mother <laughs> yeah oh yes the things that they were saying totally resonate I'm so glad that you know what I'm talking about and you've done this yourself because it's oh, like yeah. wow so- I literally did it and I wouldn't have done it so I joined last year I joined a membership club called we should we millionaires and um the coach who runs it she swears by it and she presented it to us as not only a way to get insight into how we can build our businesses around our strengths but also when it comes to building a team so she makes her team do it so that she understands where their strengths lie and my team existed like an operations lead and I asked her to do it and it was so encouraging for me because I was like you have strengths where I have none like I don't have there's executing strengths which are basically the strengths that mean that you're the type of person to get shit done exactly yeah and that's a contrary to what it looks like I don't have any of those strengths <laughs> I'm a very impatient gung-ho right futuristic right I'm a visionary I can give you the idea from top to bottom I can plan it out I'm strategic but when it comes to the just beavering away and being diligent and the detail and the, I can only do that for so long well that's me that's exactly it like I'm 100% get shit done and that's what I was saying going back to that whole like action and executing but I love that you said I'm also doing that with my own team as well and that's exactly another huge confidence booster like none of us have the same top strengths as each other like perfect we're the A team we're you know coming together the reason I mention this here and just making sure I'm not losing sight of the point of the, the answer I'm giving you here, taking it back to the whole self-care answers, because taking that test and going through that coaching program, what it really opened my eyes to is exactly what I just said. Yeah. Number one. So my top ones are number one is achiever, which is like the classic oh, yes. <laughs> done, tick things off your list. Achiever. And then this is this is where it gets really problematic is then when it's in combination with activator, which means getting stuff started. Mm. So I actually this is the recipe for burnout because it's it's a natural, innate, deep, easy strength of mine to start new things and finish them. Like I means you're doing it all. Which means I constantly loop on this, like, start, finish, start, finish, start, finish. And I don't, and there's no stop at all. And it's all it is, is then I just get into optimization. How can I keep that spiral going 
faster and better and then I, and then I burn out and the wheels come mm. off the side so this is where it's like your strengths as weaknesses so that for me was like wow like yeah I do this I think when you break it down it just that level of clarity that level of insight again can be so empowering and can really show you where you need to, to work what is it you need to do where you need to adjust to, to have success and so the coach who I was working with through that as well, this was where throughout my entire life, I've always had, because of because I am this way, I've had co-workers, I've had friends, I've had partners, boyfriends, I've had so many people around me, almost everyone, I don't think there's any exception, people saying to me, Steph, take a break, stop, mm. have in, go on holiday, blah, 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 blah. And again, I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the problem is it never resonated, it never, it went, it went in one ear and it went out the other. It never resonated because they, it goes back to, they didn't know how to sell it into me. And mm-hmm. this coach who I worked with, because they understood me, we kind of know each other separately as well anyway. So they've got a bit more of that personal relationship. So yeah. there's a deeper understanding there, the strengthening and everything else. And what they said was, they were like, if you want to reach, this was just like, you know, light bulb on in my brain. If you want to reach, new levels, you you work super hard, you've got to this point, you need to do something different to get somewhere else now. You mm. need to think of that, you know, formula. If you want to go to that next level and you want to be better and smarter and hard and all the rest of it, you need to understand that going off and doing these other things, and we'd identify the stuff that I enjoy doing, which would be like mm. my my switch off, my downtime, which is hardly anything. <laughs> like, oh no, no, but no, no. my business is fun. Like, work is fun. Like, does that look kind of like no? That doesn't count. You have to, you have to. That in itself was a challenge. So, like, you have to yeah. look out some things that you enjoy doing that don't have anything to do with work. And because I am inherently creative, I went to art school. I'm a huge mm. lover of the arts. One of the things I listed, I was like going to a museum and literally just just observing like a painting and they were like when you go off and do and I like to go off and cycle and there was I came up with maybe one or two different things and they're like when you go and do that just from a neuroscientific point of view you're activating different parts of the brain and what's happening is if you use like a gym a workout analogy you're going to the gym and you may have the strongest biggest best biceps in the world because you're constantly doing working your biceps and there's no cardios, for example. You can tell I'm not that into fitness. But <laughs> <laughs> like, you need to go and train and exercise other parts of your brain because you have these other neurons that need to be fired up, which mm-hmm. then in turn By the other will ones. help you be better at all yeah. of the other things because you have to, it's not just about having a rest, taking time out. It's having that variety and taking these different things from different parts of the world to replenish and enrich you. I was like, you know what? For years and years, so many people have been saying this to me, but they've been telling me in the wrong way. And she finally cut through and the eye-opening results of the strengths. I was like, okay, I get it. And I think when you're also running a business, you realize you treat yourself as an asset to the company like Mm -hmm. anything else. And you think, well, the director of the business needs taken care of and I think as women where we're usually so altruistic and we don't we don't put ourselves first it's other people we're natural caregivers yeah. we want to take care of other people 
think if we think, maybe if there's a bit of a, a reframe, a bit of a mindset shift of thinking of ourselves in that way, thinking of ourselves as an asset to the company. So a bit of that distancing, mm-hmm. but it, you're like, there's a director of a company that needs taking care of. She needs a good night's sleep. She needs to read a book on a weekend. She needs a bath on a Friday night <laughs> without going into the cliches. And if you think, well, that's a managing director of the call, the CEO that you need to take care of, you'd, mm. and you'd be like, I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to, and you kind of need to do that for yourself. To, yeah. And it feels, and that's where you see the whole thing on Instagram, like self-care isn't selfish, self-care isn't selfish. Mm. And I tell myself that all the time to try and make that stick. <laughs> self-care isn't selfish. So I've got to get you to write lines. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. This is my affirmation. What's your affirmation for say self-care isn't selfish? so true um so yeah so in summary my career right now is teaching me sometimes you need to slow down to speed up you need to take Mm. care of yourself not just because it's trendy or all the rest of it if you want to be better if you want to be greater if you want to reach new levels of success you're not going to get there by giving yourself a hard time Mm. yeah oh that's amazing it's my last question. Where can we find you? Where can we find you online and connect with your journey and find out more about all of the marketing wizardry that you do? I would love to connect with anyone who's interested in having a chat, following me. I'm super chatty, as you can tell from this episode. Love getting stuck into to this sort of stuff. Follow me on Instagram or LinkedIn are the two main places where I hang out. So Instagram, I'm at Steph Melodia nice and simple um and LinkedIn just find me by searching Stephanie Melodia thankfully I am the only Stephanie Melodia in the world so you shouldn't get any other results popping up (laughs) the SEO on your name is working exactly that's a good marketing hack make sure you've got a unique name (laughs) (laughs) that is amazing thank you so much for sharing so many nuggets I think they've gone beyond nuggets now we've got some boulders of wisdom in this episode and I'm really hoping everyone enjoys of course please reach out to either of us let us know anything interesting like we both said reach out don't be stranger thanks so much Stephanie Thank you so much for having me, Jazz. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Phenomenal Career Podcast, where you hear the how, why, and what it takes to build a career that stands out. Don't forget to leave a review and reach out on social media to let us know what you think. I'd love to hear from you. Did you also know you can work with me to create your own phenomenal career through coaching in the Career Clubhouse? You can even invite me to work with your whole team through group coaching and interactive workshops. Check the links in the show notes for more info. As ever, I wish you nothing less than a phenomenal career.